welcome to Divinely Led. I am your host, Cindy Headley. On today's show, we have guest Deborah King. Deborah had an extraordinary health event where Mother Mary and God both showed up for her while she was in the hospital. And I also believe she saw some orbs while she was there. I'm so excited Deborah is here to share her beautiful story with us. So let's go ahead and I'll bring Deborah on. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Cindy. It's so good to have you here. I'm so excited for everybody to hear your story. So good to be here. <laughs> Let's see, just making sure I have everything going right. So go ahead and take us back. I know you had not been, you weren't feeling good. You knew something wasn't quite right. And you decided it was time to go ahead and call an ambulance. Okay. So yeah, I hadn't been well for a few weeks. Um, I wasn't really, I couldn't walk long distances. I was kind of getting, not even out of breath. I just couldn't walk for more than you know maybe five or 10 15 minutes at times uh, and I had asked to get some tests done and anybody who knows me knows I don't go to doctors I normally use well I don't need to go to doctors uh, you know I'm very much into the um, holistic alternative methods and they're usually my go-to for anything and have been for quite a few years and I, and I do some therapies and things myself. So that's my go-to. So the fact that I was concerned and going to doctors and asking for tests, I knew that there was something had the, whatever was going on was hitting me on a physical level that I needed some other kind of intervention with. The, the treatments had helped a lot, but there was something just missing. And I had a bad night. So it went on for a few weeks and I was just kind of getting progressively worse. And then for about the last five days seven days I was waiting to go back to, back and get tests done and um, one of the doctors had sort of postponed some tests and I was trying to get them done again and so I was quite weak I wasn't eating a lot I was lying in bed a lot because I couldn't really move even to get up and move around the house and I had um, I had a bad night on the Monday night and I had that's a whole other story <laughs> and um, but I knew <laughs> I knew and I and I received some healing that night, which I do believe saved my life at that moment. And I knew it was serious and I knew right, I had to go into hospital. And I've never I've never been overnight in hospital ever in my life. Um, so that was on the Monday and on the Tuesday, I basically had no energy and was just trying to get by, just lying in bed, drinking water and had another healing session um, from a friend that day to keep me going. It had been booked in and but I knew I, I knew I had to go to hospital. I knew I was kind of planning what how I was going to do that and what was the best method. And then contacted a friend and decided because it's a bit crazy over here at the moment. You used to just be able to go and turn up at an accident in an emergency department. Um, and now you have to like book appointments, which I think is just insane. But anyway, <laughs> so I was like, right, do I book an appointment? Do I call an ambulance? What do I do? And a friend just was like, no, call the ambulance. I was like, okay. So this was on the Tuesday. So I was already deciding. And like I said, I was getting worse. I'd had another panic attack on the, on the Monday. Um, and I had really, really felt bad on the Monday. 
Tuesday, I felt very weak because I hadn't really ate properly in about a week because I didn't have the energy to get up and move about the house. And I live alone, so I had nobody else to help me. And I contacted a um, family member and asked, would you come down and please, you know, help me? I just need you to come down. And they came down and I got them to make me breakfast and I got them to help me pack a bag because I knew I was going to have to go into hospital. <laughs> so it was kind of all very cool, calm and collected as in, and um you know, the family member was like, you never told me it was this bad. I was like, it wasn't this bad until this morning. <laughs> because that morning, though it was the Wednesday then. So I knew I was going in on the Tuesday. I knew I was going to go in. Um, and then the Wednesday, I was just getting myself ready because I needed help. I couldn't, I couldn't physically move. I just about managed to walk four or five steps to the front door that whole morning. And that was it. Um, so I knew it was getting really, it was getting really <laughs> really crunch time and so I basically sat and had breakfast um and phoned the ambulance while I was having breakfast it was all <laughs> it's all quite calm all quite calm and relaxed um and so I phoned that and the a paramedic came gosh I don't even know when they came but they came quite quickly and mm -hmm. um, less than the hour could have been 30 40 minutes and then the guy came to the door and and, and sorted me out so and he decided that um, yes, something really wasn't right, and he could yep. see that I couldn't walk for more than a few steps without almost going into some kind of convulsion. And um, so they brought me to hospital on the Wednesday. Okay, so then you got to the hospital and walk me through that. I think you ended up getting a pretty big um, a shot that's supposed to help the condition, but it, like. Yeah. You first, I guess you first were rolled into the emergency room and then did they take you like what were the different rooms that they took you to and like the process that happened for you? OK, so I was in the ambulance or, or the, the van or whatever they called it. They said it wasn't a real ambulance, but it was whatever vehicle was available and I was in there for about half an hour while they were waiting to sort of um, bring me in. And then there's a standard emergency place, but they brought me to a separate place. Okay. Um, the special emergency. Yeah, it was, it was like first of all, so I didn't really realize what it was until after the event, but it was kind of where um where they put really high emergency cases. Mm -hmm. I was the only one in there for at least 12, 15 hours, I think. So I was the only person in there. So the standard accident and emergency, we would have the ANE. You could be sitting there for 15, 20 hours these days. You know, you just be sitting yeah. waiting to be seen or waiting to put triage as such. And um, so they brought me straight in. They just had everything set up and brought me straight into this one place. And I was seen to very, very quickly. So I was in there and they were kind of waiting to see where they want to put me. They were keeping an eye on me doing the initial sort of testing and that. And it was like, I think the, it was afternoon time, three or four o'clock. And so I was there till the early hours of the morning. They just kept sort of keeping an eye on me. And um, then they moved me to the acute medical ward. Mm -hmm. um, but even sort of before, before I got there, I knew I hadn't been right for those few weeks. I knew there was something really, really not right. And it's kind of sometimes when you're in those circumstances, you're just dealing with them and sometimes you don't realize how serious they are because you're just trying to cope in the moment whereas a yeah. light side or somebody else looking in um might have said no gosh no there's something 
there's something needs to be done now type of thing. So you're just kind of going along with emotions. But when I really realized there was something not quite right and I was, I was kind of getting, it was the breathlessness and something not right around the heart. And I'd had sort of like feelings of the heart being tightened and various things just just for moments here and there, but it was quite scary. Mm-hmm. But up to the point, sort of the point where I phoned for the ambulance to come, and like I said, it was very cool, calm and collected, have my breakfast, pack a bag, call the ambulance, yeah. <laughs> you know, whilst I can barely move. Um, from that moment, I felt like I had surrendered. Mm-hmm. There was, it was like, I've done everything I can do. I've had yeah. lots of my therapies. I've lots of alternative treatments, which all helped. And, and frankly, one of them saved my life. Um, but then I just kind of surrendered. And I just remember having that conscious awareness of, right, I've surrendered now. And I really did not want to go into a hospital, to be honest. I really am not, yeah. <laughs> not in the hospitals, not into doctors, not into, you know, I'm not stupid. I'll go if I need to go. Um, but like I say, I've never been overnight in a hospital ever my entire life. Um, but I just kind of felt, I just surrendered, went, right, okay, whatever needs to be done. Okay. And I do believe in a higher power. Um, you know, I was brought up, I suppose, under the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And there are maybe some things I have taken from that. But I, my faith or my belief, I would call it spiritual. And it spans so many different faiths, maybe. You know, I would, um, there's a lot of different things I would include. Mm-hmm. Um but I just felt at that point, I just felt I was surrendering. And I had remembered there was a, I think I'd had a session. I think it was maybe the session the day before. And there was a comment about, you know, we had discussed something about, you know, asking for help. Um, and in that moment, I just said, um, God and Mary, I called on God and Mary and, and my God might, might be very different to what other people think God is, you know, because I had a long time even, for years I wouldn't call God God or I wouldn't um you know I went on this truth seeking sort of journey about what religion is and faith and all that kind of stuff um but for my what I believe God was and um because I, I I would speak a lot about the universe and energy and all that kind of thing but I just in that moment I just sort of went right okay and I asked God and Mary I suppose I see that as the masculine and the feminine yeah um, Mother Mary, that you know, comes from sort of the um, certainly from the Catholic background, um, and I just asked them both to take my hands, and got me emotionally and talk about it, <laughs> and uh, and just to take my hands and walk with me to the hospital. So, yeah. So, but you didn't necessarily you could feel them with you the presence, but you didn't necessarily see them like in the ambulance or the van that took you, but it was yeah. once you were in, which room was it that you started to like visually? Like I didn't something? even, I probably didn't even feel them or anything. Okay. <laughs> it was funny, Mother Mary had been in my mind sort of a few days prior. There was something about her cat had come into my mind because um, it's not that I would call on her all the time. You know, I would do different things depending and it had been a while since I'd even thought of her. But she had been in my mind. So when I said, I sort of set that intention. I just said, please hold my hand and walk with me. Um, so I never really, it's not, like, it's not like I felt them or anything at that okay. point. Didn't see them, didn't feel them. But I very much believe, okay. a lot of what I do in my work, I believe absolutely in the power of intention. Mm-hmm. 
the power of art and the power of words and language. So when I set when I set certain intentions, it is done. You know, yeah. it is. It's not guessing. It's not dreaming. It's not hoping. It's not wishing. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but I'm aware when it is. But it was just walk with me, please. And as far as I was concerned, they were with me, whether I saw them, didn't see them, heard them, whatever. You know, as far as I was concerned, they were with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me. It was. It wasn't really until. I don't believe it was until I went up into the to the acute medical ward. So I had come out of the emergency kind of first place. And then they had said, right, um, to send me into this ward. I think it was the next in the early hours of the following morning. And it's it's when I went in there and you know, I can't I can't really even say exactly what happened. I think it was more to do to come in and they were investigating everything and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And they were coming. It felt like somebody was in every 15 minutes taking blood tests. My entire sort of arm from here to here was black and blue and just from getting needles put in it to get tests done. Um, So and I didn't know a lot of this until after the event as well, when I was told. So they were constantly, they were constantly doing tests, constantly doing all these type of things. And it was in that, um, it was in that room when, when I do remember is that they came in and they said that, you know, they had hoped that I would just be able to get a few injections and that would be it kind of thing. And what yeah. they realised was it was and um, what they realised was that there was um, I got a scan done and there were clots. Um, I had lots of clots, some pulmonary embolisms, whatever you want to call them. And I had lots of them apart and huge, big ones right at sort of the heart area leading to all the major sort of I'm not into biology, but leading all to and these were in your lungs, but in the lungs, but they were right in the heart. The and, the yeah. Okay. So that's I'm putting strain on the heart because it was blocking. They were like blocking everything around the lungs, um, and they just said, yeah, it was kind of right at the heart. It was like like one or two big ones, just wow. right in the heart area, in that heart area that was causing damage or causing strain on the heart. Um, and so initially they had said that um, I they would give me some kind of injection that would just stop any more clots growing or, you know, from, from growing. And then I had mentioned that there was a drug that they sometimes give people, but they don't like to give it type of thing because it has very serious side effects like a lot of drugs have, including um, bleeding, brain bleeds and death. So, <laughs> so, and then I kind of, <laughs> So to be honest, around this whole time, I was quite calm. And the whole time I did have this feeling of, you know, once I had surrendered and, and called the ambulance, I had sort of given it over to a higher power to look after me. And I, I never for one moment thought there'd be any issue. I just had this calmness in me that everything was fine and that I would absolutely be okay, but I'd have to go through whatever I had to go through. And then when they come in and sort of were starting to look very worried. I had a lot of consultants come in, a lot of people from a lot of different departments. And um, it was like just constantly in a very, very busy room. And, um, you know, I didn't know what they were all doing at the time, but they were all like sort of trying to keep me alive and trying to figure out how to do that because it wasn't looking too good, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it, I felt it was kind of around that time in that room. It was quite a small room and there was a lot of people coming in and out and then they told me, they came in and sort of said, you know, you're not, you're because they put me on oxygen. And they were just like, look, your oxygen's not, 
you're not getting the oxygen, even though I was on full sort of this oxygen tank and this, you know, the, the fancy oxygen, a hot, a warm oxygen or something, or water oxygen, some kind of weird name. And um, they said, like, you're still not getting it. We have you on like nearly 100% oxygen and you're not, it's not going in. The block's too much. And um, then they said, one of the doctors came in and she was like, you're going to have to get, you know, I'm really advised you to get this, this other procedure done which has these side effects um, but she says you really you need it and you could see the look in her face and she was like you need this you need this nothing is working so I did have a little bit of a wobble for a few minutes the so. um, woman who's never been in hospital for anything uh touch wood and um you know it took me five five or ten minutes to sort of calm myself and go into myself and um and I believe it was around that time that that's when I kind of first noticed <laughs> or had the, the visualization or whatever you want to call it, that God and Mary were there in the room. Um, and I could see, you know, it was almost like saying, you know, I was seeing them with my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to explain, I suppose, but it could have been like it could have been like a, like it was a projection from like my third eye type of thing. But um, I had my eyes open and I was kind of having this visual that they were in the room with me when these decisions and things were being made. And um, and it was kind of funny because what I what I called God or what I seen as God, I could only see the back of him. <laughs> and okay. I, I couldn't see any face. I couldn't couldn't even see any figure. It was almost like it was so big that I could only I just knew that there was And they say that too, that it was that Yeah, it's a strange show. And yeah. it's, it's unusual and um but I just knew it was like couldn't even tell you if I had a colour or anything. I just because when you're in the moment, but it was just this I knew I was seeing like the back of him <laughs> like, yeah. and it was so big you couldn't even see the shoulders, the legs, it was just this presence or this kind of colour or whatever it was. Um, but I could see Mary. I could see Mary and she was larger than life. She was about oh, I don't know what her people say but she was maybe like 12 foot 15 foot she seemed really really big <laughs> and I would describe her as sh- glowing uh translucent oh, it was cool. just a, a kind of yeah um so I was very aware of her um and I, like I say God was just this figure this energy over in, in the yeah. other corner well let me ask you were they um right up beside the hospital bed or were they behind the other people the other doctors that were in the room could you tell they were kind of most of the time, whenever everything was going on, like I said, there was a lot of consultants coming in and out. Yeah. And not a big room. It was a very small room. You know, you could barely fit, I think, those two hospital beds in it, but there was only one bed in it. It wasn't a big room. But I felt they were more on the cor- in the corner. I felt like they were given the doctor's space to do what okay. they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And, but I, you know, I could, you know, at times, because I went to a few different rooms, they moved me up to another room in the cardio ward to give me the injection in case anything went wrong that I was in the cardio place that they could deal with me right away um and it was a it was a bigger room it was maybe twice the size and then I could see you know it was almost like she was just sort of not sitting but kind of almost sitting over in the corner um so they kind of like kept their distance <laughs> and allowed everyone to um everyone to go go ahead and do whatever they needed to do in the rooms um so yeah, and then there was a few times where I was by myself. I had to get wheeled down to another department to get some kind of test. And she was 
just with me then kind of um sort of just beside me as I went down to that so she was the, pretty much in all the different rooms with you throughout that whole yes from that from the moment where um yeah I think they were really deciding what to do with me that's yeah and and stayed there for the few yeah for the few days so I was in about eight nine days um I'm trying to think didn't see her as much I suppose once those first few days were the the crunch days that's where I had to get this stuff because when I look back um and like I say I always knew I always knew I was going to be fine and in a way I think people on the outside looking in some family and friends were way more worried <laughs> way more worried about it than me and I mean it was a worrisome thing you know it was it was a big deal uh, really um because I do believe looking back if I hadn't had the healing on the Monday night that helped to get through that initial when I knew something right I have to go now I can't wait on the doctors mm-hmm. um and then if I hadn't gone in on the Wednesday when I literally that was you know, I could only walk a few steps I don't think I, I wouldn't be here today not even don't think I know I wouldn't be here today um so it was quite serious so yeah I think really when I look back it was those three days or so when all the really important stuff was going yeah, on the real then, serious days <laughs> and then getting I had to get um I had to get like a drug injected into me and it took about two hours for this thing to come in and this was going to um it was going to actually get rid of the clots mm-hmm. quite a serious drug quite a serious drug yeah. um and Mary and all was there and I suppose I called them in as well like I say I believe very much in the power of the mind and intention and how powerful an energy and how we can really create things and and I do believe in a higher power that can help us when we ask um and believe and receive it um and whenever I heard initially that I had to get this drug that had the very bad side effects and I had the wobble of oh my goodness right this is getting serious that's when and I believe that's when I sort of seen sort of the vision of Mary and God first. Mm-hmm. What I did was I, I, I literally lay for quite a long time because it was hours even before I, you know, I got the treatment. And I spoke to, I called in sort of all these higher powers. I called in my body. I spoke to my body. Um, I called in the consciousness of the drug that I was about to receive um, because I'm not really into drugs and pharmaceutical stuff and um I've rarely ever had them my entire life um and there was a slight concern as to what will that do to my body so many of them have side effects like they kept telling me and um so I had that, that little wobble and I called in you know and I literally spoke to my body I spoke to the drug I spoke to the higher powers and I said right let's this is how it's all going to go down <laughs> my body's going to be fine it's all the other organs just you keep working you're not going to have you know the drug's just going to do what it needs to do I was visualizing it um in advance that it would just all of any of the class would just disappear and they would sort of light up and then disappear so I was doing a lot of work and um, even for a couple of days I've done a lot of work yeah. of visualizing exactly what was happening and I was doing Reiki and sort of self-healing on myself sending Reiki out to the room sending Reiki out speaking to the higher self of all the doctors and whoever was working with me all the healthcare staff and I do remember seeing as well you talked about sort of like the orbs or orbs yes and I suppose most people think of orbs as, as a circular thing I don't really see that I've got some of someone photographs over the years um, but the doctor who came in, there was a lady doctor who came in and she was the one that was 
really telling me, look, you know, she seemed to kind of be running the show a bit or sort of, yeah. you know, you need to get this drug, you know, you, we really advise this. Um, otherwise, you know, <laughs> there's side effects, but if you don't take it, mm, you know, you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> um, and round her, and this, like I said, this is the time when I seen Mary in the room. Um, I just saw huge, big blue lights all around her. Okay, um, cool. And I, and, I, and again, I took that. A lot of times I would say that, to be honest, there's times I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm um, but I'm a big fan of Archangel Michael, who's like the protector. And um, he's somebody that I would call on a lot. And uh, that's kind of his color. I sort of always mm-hmm. think of this as this kind of cobalty blue type of thing. So I love this color. Um, so a lot of times I believe it's him be around them I don't always know what it is I don't always know what it is um but I felt the fact that I was seeing all these sparks these blue sparks around her it was like she's being watched over she's being protected she's giving me the advice and you're gonna listen up to what she's saying tells you um (laughs) and again it just felt I mean the whole experience was just a profoundly spiritual beautiful experience um and a lot of people would probably go are you mad in the head but it really really was a very profound that's what i would call it a profound spiritual experience um what i went through and you know another sort of wake up call and look at your life and what's going on and you know really live your life and all that kind of stuff as well um but yeah, so, so lots of the blue sparks and even went up to the other room. It was kind of not, well, kind of, it felt funny to me. Because <laughs> um, I was, you know, I, I actually spoke to the doctors, the consultants, and um, I was like, one of the guy came in from an intensive care unit because initially they were going to put me in intensive care to give me the drug. Mm-hmm. Again, if anything went wrong, <laughs> there was somebody there. Um, and I just remember saying, look, I'm fine. It's lovely to see you, uh, but I, you'll not be needed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they thought what is wrong with this woman, but I genuinely knew it and I genuinely believed it. And you know, the the female consultant or whoever that had told me to take, you know, advise me with the drug I, and the process, the procedure. And you know, I just looked at her and I was like, everything's going to be fine. And there was another male doctor, and I was like, everything's going to be absolutely fabulous. It's going. <laughs> and I genuinely meant it. It wasn't wishing. It wasn't. Oh, that's try and wish this into reality it was knowing I just yeah, knew, knowing. Yeah. knew that it was going to be fine um and you know at one stage I almost said you know you're just doing kind of the physical stuff but there's there's a higher power here <laughs> sort of organizing everything keeping an yeah. eye on everything and watching over you you know um but yeah it was just it was a profoundly spiritual experience it was a really beautiful experience actually going into the hospital it's yeah it definitely seems that and i'm gonna um and you said i have on my notes here after everything was said and done did you receive a message so i know you um you you gave your surrender in the um beginning and you had a knowing and then you mentioned it kind of brought everything together kind of gives you a wake-up call for your life and you know Absolutely. So would you say that there was like one one specific overall message you kind of received was would it have been let's get going or, you know, with your life and that sort of thing? Or would it be something different, you think? 
It was, to be honest, I had got a little bit of a message several okay. months before when I had um, very, very, um, had sort of similar feeling, a similar, it was that, it was kind of that feeling of fainting or low blood pressure type of thing. Okay. Um, and I had only had it very briefly and it had gone away. Um, but it was that thing of like, are you really, are you really following your, your, the mission or whatever you want to do in life? Are you really, really Not what you're meant to be doing? Yeah. Are you, you know, and and I was like, yeah, probably not, <laughs> probably hundred percent due to lots of different reasons and mm-hmm. um, or excuses as we call them as well. Um, so yeah, it was just that you know that life is precious and you know don't be spending time doing anything that you really don't want to be doing or that's not bringing you joy or that's bringing you down and I know that can be easier said than done but this has been a process for me that this has been you know several years type of thing for me um some people might be able to do it within seven minutes that's fine um but yeah that idea of for me that you know I'm a big believer in that mind body soul connection and blood is and by the way they have no idea why it was there they mm-hmm. said it was unprovoked and the respiratory consultant was like it's very unusual for somebody of your age and you're healthy yeah. and have an ear and you know it's very unusual <laughs> they kept saying that and to me um in the mind body connection um there's a book i read a long time ago i call it one of my bibles helen or sorry debbie She's a singer, Helen Shapiro. Debbie Shapiro, um, the body mind, how your body speaks to you. And I find such profound wisdom in it. And she talks about uh, blood, any liquids in the body or emotions and blood. And the flow of blood is the flow of joy in your life. Um, and it's that whole thing, you know, are you really doing what really makes you happy? What really makes you joyful? Are you really following? And whether that's just life in general or sort of work purposes, career type of thing. But it's just like to have a take a really good hard look at that and see where you're blocking joy, where you're not letting it in, where you're maybe you can have so much more, but you're afraid to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just a, a reminder of, you know, you nearly you might not have still be sitting here today. So the fact that you are still sitting here today, uh, Deborah, um, to um you know, really, really do what you want to be doing, really follow your passion and, and really reflect in, because a lot of times we don't know. Um, so it's really re- reflect, self-reflect and ask yourself, what is it you really want to be doing and how do you really want to help others and, you know, with your business and stuff. And yeah, just to reflect on that. And I've, that's what I've been reflecting on. I've had time to reflect on that mm-hmm. really, really, while I'm sort of recovering kind of thing and I'm fine but my body just needs time to sort of recover from yeah from what went through type of thing so yeah that's a very long answer but yeah the message was do what you love find find more joy do what you love um yeah and and get rid of as many things in your life that aren't bringing you the joy you know and aren't really aren't, aren't in alignment with you whatever's not in alignment with your 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 life your soul yeah and this was really also, I guess, like you could say, a confirmation for yourself to even dive further into doing work for yourself, working in your own business. It was like a, like a, ser- a serious, yeah, jump right in right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and dive in as possible to your own work. 
because we all have, you know, excuses or worries or doubts and self-doubts and all that kind of thing and the self-sabotage and imposter syndrome and all these kind of things. And um, and there's, you know, a few things that I have been wanting to do and um, they just I haven't done them yet. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? You know, <laughs> you might not be here. This is, you know, this is not guaranteed. Each day is not guaranteed for you, really. Um, and it's, and it's and I, and I think it's important to say as well, it's not coming from a fear place, though. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's important. That's not even speaking about that. It's not from a fear place. It's from a it's from a um, well, yeah, a love place and a more finding the love and the joy and the passion. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not a fear thing because I don't think it's great to do a lot of things in fear. I don't think it's great to do anything in fear, to be honest. Um, but it's just it's you know, that, that reminder, wake up call slash reminder of really what are you, do, you know, what are you doing in your life and what do you want to do in your life and what have you been putting off in your life and then go go do all that stuff. <laughs> and and we can get very complacent after we've come out and we're fine and we think we're fine. At the, so it's just that reminder of just remember what happened, remember, you, you know, you got away with it quite lightly, really, given the <laughs> procedure and stuff. Um, but yeah really reflect on what you want to be doing and if there's any any changes that you want to make in your life and also just the self-care and the self-love and looking after yourself as well you know now if anybody wanted to get in touch with you if they wanted to hear like where you might be speaking next or have a session with you is there a place that um could they email you or do you have uh, social media that they could follow you on yeah, on social media, on Facebook, Deborah King, B Empowered, B-E-E, or they can just get me under my name, Deborah King as well. Um, and B-E-E, because my name means B, Deborah means B. Um, I'm on, I'm not really very active on Instagram. You can find me there, but Facebook's the best, or I'm also okay. on LinkedIn as well, just under Deborah King. Um, and I'll put a link below this video as well. Yeah, and I have a wee website that I put some blogs and things on, but um, yeah, mostly through sort of social media. Well, Deborah, it's been such a pleasure having you on, and your story is so incredible and so inspiring. Thank and you for having me on. It's, it's it's the first time I've really spoke about it. I, um, yeah, so hmm. yeah, might be the first, but not the not the only time. <laughs> might no, be a, no, more but yeah, but... to come. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody here, who um, the audience for watching. And I want, until next time, I want to leave this question with everybody. How are you being divinely led?